The tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, in the name of Jesus. After Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus fasted, didn't eat food. No wonder he was hungry. Jesus spends 40 days and nights in the wilderness to be faithful because, well, the people of Israel weren't when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But that's to get a bit ahead of myself. He's faithful for every temptation, not only for Israel, but also for you. But again, that's getting ahead of myself. The devil appears to Jesus. And first I've got to say, yeah, the devil is real. Just as real as you and me. We've got physical bodies, live in a physical world, and the devil can obviously appear in our world, but he's not flesh and blood like us. That's why he's a snake in Eden. He inhabits the spiritual realm. He's part of the all things invisible, as we confess in the Nicene Creed. He's an angel, maybe even an archangel, but he led a rebellion against the Lord. We use uh, the term demons uh, for, the ter for these angels who rebelled with him. He brings darkness, death, and destruction upon the world, but always under the costume, the lie of light, life, and progress. He accuses God's people of sin, not to bring about repentance, but to bring about unbelief toward God and doubt in the forgiveness of sins. He is, as Jesus says, the ruler of this world. He orchestrates all nations against Christ, Christ's church, and whoever believes in Christ. And so this is why Satan offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory because they are part of his domain of darkness. So what's he up to with Jesus? And what's Jesus up to with him? Well, again, Jesus is being faithful where we aren't. Jesus endures temptation, conquers it, and sends the devil packing, at least for a while. Each temptation is just a meme, a YouTube short, a short story. Each one is the tip of a much larger biblical iceberg, so I can't focus on all three today. But the devil does have the same theme throughout each and every temptation, certainly those listed in Matthew 4, or also Genesis 3 and Numbers 21, but also what even you experience in your daily life as a baptized child of God. At his baptism, the Father said this about Jesus. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so Satan shows up to tempt Jesus to doubt that word and to not act like the Son of God, to use his power selfishly 
in order to eat, to misuse the scriptures for his own ends, and even to avoid the cross completely. You've come to save the world, to die for it, suffer? You don't need to do that. Just worship me, and it's yours. Satan, in a sense, started a game of chicken with Jesus that day. After the events of Matthew 4, Satan showed up from time to time, kept on tempting Jesus to avoid the cross. And at Calvary, Satan, through many voices, kept on saying again and again, Come down from the cross. The devil knew his goose was cooked by Jesus' death. He just didn't grasp, along with the other angels, that Jesus' game plan for playing chicken was to cause the wreck. Because, yes, he'd die and defeat the devil, but he'd also rise from the dead. The devil uses this same theme for tempting you as God's children. You're baptized. Through water and word, you were baptized into the name of the Father and, of, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptismally adopted, the Father says the same thing about you as he says of Jesus. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And the devil doesn't want you to believe it or live like it. So he tempts you to ignore God's word. Not only God's promises, like you're baptized, but also his commandments too. The devil tempts you to live for yourself, not fervently and sacrificially loving the people in your daily life, as God tells you to in the Ten Commandments. The devil tempts you to do the opposite of God's word, to blame God or the other people in your life for your sins instead of confessing your own sin. He tempts you to live your life separated from God by disobeying God's commands, not believing God's promises, ignoring God's word. Daily and much, we fall into such temptations. We betray ourselves, our flesh does. See James 1, or my Ash Wednesday sermon about that. But finally, he will tempt us to fix ourselves like he did with Judas. This is all Genesis 3 as well. The Lord said, don't eat. The devil said, eat. They ate and then covered and hid themselves. Adam blamed the Lord and Eve besides. Eve blamed the devil. In Eden, in paradise, Satan only needed one temptation. Eve, then Adam, gave in to pleasure, to their bellies, their appetites, their senses. How often to our God is our belly, following the flesh with its passions and desires. And so Jesus goes out 
to fix that problem. That's what he's up to. Jesus, probably skin and bones by then, was hungry. He didn't look to himself for daily bread, only to his father. He did what Adam and Eve didn't. He didn't eat. He fasted. Something our gluttonous and covetous society will only do for vain physical reasons. The how-to of biblical fasting falls outside the time allotted for this sermon and also last Wednesday's, but just ask me any time about it if you want. Jesus only eats once the angels are ministering to him. And in that moment, he did what the Israelites didn't and couldn't do. He waited for the angelic service while the Israelites rejected, as the psalmist puts it, angels' food, what he calls the manna from heaven. And eventually they rejected it and were killed by venomous snakes. The Garden of Eden, the manna and the snakes in the wilderness, and Jesus' temptation to eat bread in the wilderness are all interconnected in more ways than I have time for here. To Adam, the Lord said, Don't eat or you'll die. Satan successfully tempts Adam and Eve. They ate. Sent out of the garden to die, become dust, and be devoured by the serpent. With Israel in the wilderness, the Lord said, Eat the manna and live. A daily miraculous meal. They eventually reject the Lord's word and the gift, saying, We're starving and we hate this worthless bread. Unbelief makes them brood of vipers, spawn of Satan, the ancient serpent. And so the Lord sends, sends them serpents, snakes, and a great many died. When the Lord says, don't eat, he won't say otherwise. It's the devil saying, eat. When the Lord says, eat, he won't say otherwise, though he might give uh, an outline for proper eating and drinking. Faith. That's the small catechism. It's the devil who slickly and smoothly says, don't eat. Watch out, the devil might even use scripture. He knows the Bible better than all Christians combined. Only Jesus, its author, knows the Bible better. In paradise, in Eden, the devil drove eating. And at the end of the 40 years in the wilderness, just on the outskirts of the promised land, a picture of returning to paradise, Satan strove to have them stop eating. We are not ignorant of his designs. The only escape from Satan, his lies, from the unbelief and misery and death that he wants to work within your life, is Jesus. Jesus doesn't just provide the way of escape. He is the way of escape. 
He is the promised offspring, the seed who would crush and bruise the serpent's head. He is the true bronze serpent on a pole, whose death, as Hebrews tells us, delivers you from him who has the power of death, that is, the devil. In holy baptism, the Father brought you out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Christ's cross and passion are the way of escape for God's baptized children. So also the eating and drinking of his passion, too. As the Lord says, eat my body given for you, drink my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And we are just like the Israelites, as Paul says, they were baptized into Moses in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food, the manna. And Jesus says the manna foreshadows his own flesh in John 6. The devil is out to get you. So he tries to get Jesus so that you would end up being his and lost forever. But Jesus is out to get him. Christ gives Satan a pretty hefty kick today. The final blow uh, with his uh, nail-pierced uh, feet was at Calvary. But the game of chicken has begun. Christ endured temptation for your sake. And he is your way of escape, your only way of escape from the devil and temptation. By faith in him, Jesus' enduring temptation counts for you. And he also gives the means for you to endure temptation, his suffering in death and resurrection, your baptism into his death and resurrection, and also his flesh and his blood, so that you, as he says, would remain in me and I in you, and I'll resurrect you on the last day, where you will be with him forever in paradise. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>